Hi, this is Sean Ferrick from Trek Culture. You are listening to Spock the Week podcast. Although I have reasonable suspicion that they won't do that. Anyway, please sit back, enjoy your journey through Season 3 of Spock the Week. Thank you for joining us once again, and please enjoy. And if you enjoy what you're listening to, subscribe to our podcast on Catch of Your Choice, and go to buymeacoffee.com and buy us a pint. We'd be much appreciative. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Evening, James. Evening, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's, um, don't want to date the episode, but it's a big day on Saturday. Is it? Yes, an extremely big day on Saturday. Uh... For those of you watching, in sound only, James has a very baffled look on his face right now. So let, let me tell you how my Saturday is going to be made up. Okay. Okay, so uh, my team are in the Scottish Cup final, so I shall be watching the Scottish Cup final at two o'clock when it checks off. So that's football, yeah? That's Hibson St. Johnson. That's football, yeah? Yes. yes okay, yes. or soccer for our American listeners. Yes, Hibson St. Johnson. So and I'm, I'm, I'm not really a supporter. I don't go to the games anymore, but I used to go to the games a lot. But I still keep an eye out for the Hitchison. So obviously living in Edinburgh, local team and all that, big day. So that'll be my afternoon. Then I'm going to watch in preparation for Eurovision in the evening. For a 25th time, I'm going to watch Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. And then I'm going to watch Eurovision while Twitter abusing everyone I possibly can about Eurovision. That is the perfect Saturday for me. Sounds good. Have you done one of those sweepstakes? No, no, no. I mean, I'm not interested in Eurovision. It's more the Graham Norton commentary and Twitter <laughs> abuse part that, that appeals to me. Yeah, no, I, I can see what you mean there. Graham Norton and Eurovision. Yeah, I, I just like... Years ago, when it was Terry Wogan, um, he was all right, but I just think Graham Norton just takes it that little step further, and it is quite amusing. So, line, what line? Yeah, yeah, to be fair. So, um, would you like to tell the listeners what you're drinking? Because I did see a very nice can of beer getting lifted to your lips. Yep, I'm drinking Brewdog Hazy Jane. Oh, you're the Hazy Jane. I've Hazy not, Jane. I've not tried the Hazy Jane. What's it like? Uh, it's a New England IPA. It's five percent, and it goes down far too easily. Because mm, did you know I'm a Blue Dog shareholder? So am I. That's why I, so, I, I, I buy it because it makes it. Well, I'm not. My my boyfriend is, but you well, know, it but, still counts. Well, the question is, why are Blue Dog sponsoring the show? This, they probably. I don't know. This is outrageous. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm not on beer tonight. I'm on wine. I'm on this very nice uh, Dark Horse Californian Chardonnay. Okay, I've not had their white. I'm, I'm a sucker for a Californian Chardonnay. I particularly like the big vanilla, the big oak, and the big creaminess of the Californian Chardonnays. Yeah, no, I've, I've had the Dark Horse reds, but I've not had their white. I don't really drink very much white, to be honest. Um, I don't drink too many reds. I think I've said this before, the tannins... Yeah. I, like, I, I like Merlot, I like some Malbecs, um, and there's a couple of, I don't know if you, they're quite hard to get in this country, but I've had them when I've been on my travels, the Charles, the Charles Smith wines that are from Washington State, there's a couple yeah. of, uh, he does one called um, Velvet Devil, which is a very nice, very drinkable uh, Shiraz, actually, and I, I like some Australian Shirazes that taste like jam, so. Yeah. Wow, I like jam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that jammy that you could put it on a piece of bread, but, you know, that's I bet you uh, could. jelly for American listeners. Well, you probably could. You could reduce it down. 
do they still call it jelly when it's got bits in or is it just do, do they just call it jelly when it hasn't got bits in it i don't know if you're in america and you're listening is it jello or jelly you're not sure no jello's what we call jelly that's the, the that's ah. the big wobbly dessert right but the stuff you put on your toast that they call jelly right is it still called jelly if it's got bits in it or is it just the clear one uh i don't know and do they have do they have the equivalent of marmalade i don't know and if they do what do they call it and mm. do they hate it as much as i do you hate marmalade marmalade's mm. minion it's horrible oh, we're not going to have a good time at these socials <laughs> to be honest, if we go for a meal and it involves marmalade, I'm going to be wondering why me and you are having breakfast, Gregor. <laughs> We're going to have had to have drunk a lot the night before if that's the case. <laughs> I make, inspired by the Free Chimneys restaurant up in Sky, a marmalade pudding. Uh, but yeah, I don't like marmalade. Hmm. Okay. Can I just have a bowl of custard? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I like custard. Well, I mean, this has not really gone the way I thought it was going to go. Uh, certainly, if JJ is still listening. <laughs> we haven't even said what we're talking about yet. It's, we <laughs> it's certainly not went the way he thought it was going to go. Um, but given that it's not went the way I thought it was going to go, we might as well start talking about what we're meant to be talking about. So, so shall we talk about Bajorans then, as opposed to... Now, is it Bajoran or is it Bajoran? Because mm. it all depends which character you're listening to when they say the name of the, the race. Half yeah. of them say Bajoran, half of them say Bajoran. And do the Spanish say Bajoran? I, I have no idea. Neither do I. This is a big question. So what are we going for? Are we going for Bajoran or Bajoran? Well, Cisco says, we're both big Cisco fans, so he says Bajor. He does say Bajor. So shall we go with that? Bajoran. Yeah, all right. Bajoran? Yeah. Yeah, what does Kira say, though? Uh, I think she says... Is Bajor? No, I think she says Bajoran. I I'm think so. Sure. She says Ducat quite a lot. Yeah, 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 which definitely makes it sound like she's swearing, but she's yeah. not. Well, she yeah. kind of is, but still. Yeah. So, Bajorans. Tell me about your favourite Bajoran, then, Gregor. Well, you know, well, I think we all know who my favourite Bajoran is, don't we? Um, is it the cat when he's got a wrinkly nose? Uh, no, no. no. But, I mean, I, I was going to save this line for later in the podcast, but I'll just get it out there <laughs> right now. When it's uh, um, Kai, when what's the cat's name when he's doing that? Is it Ann? An? Don't know. What's his name again? Andrew or something like that. When he's discussed with this, yeah, I can't remember. He's sick in my mouth. It's, but you're meant to. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's good writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah so no, yeah. My, my, my favourite Bajoran is Kira. Um, you, I'll, I will probably wax lyrical to some, well, to quite a big extent later. I'm, I'm sure we'll get there. But who's your favourite Bajoran? Ooh, that's that's tricky. Um, I'm probably going to have to go for Vedic Burial. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing to do with the fact that he's really hot. I mean, it's nothing to do with the fact that she's hot, particularly in that outfit from season four onwards. It's totally <laughs> irrelevant. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, so we are here to talk about the Jones, and I'm just going to put this out there right away, because there's no two ways about it. It was the whole Cardassian occupation of Bajor was a pretty thinly disguised take on the, the Jewish persecution by the Nazis in, in World War II. And, very, uh, yeah. very, very Absolutely clear no to see through that. It, it, it wasn't very well hidden at all. No, it wasn't. It, wasn't. it, was, it was very subtle, but, actually. No, but that's one um, of the things Star Trek has always done. It's not very subtly commented on 
either current or recent histories. Um, because to our non-American listeners, half a century is not a long time. Obviously, if you're American and your country's 250 year old, half a century is like really long time. But but for the rest of the world, half a century is not that long. No, 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 definitely not. Um, so there is another sexy Jordan that we meet first before Kira. We're going to have to go back on the Enterprise Ens- D for this, aren't we? Yeah, Ensign Rome. And I think, you know, putting into context what they do do with the Cardassians and the Bajorans and everything. At this point, when we meet Ensign Rome on a season five episode, I think it is, um, TNG's into real universe building stuff here. Yeah. Um, beyond the episodic stuff where it's Alien of the Week and things like that, they're actually building, uh, in a very real sense now, the, the Star Trek universe that, that we now know. Very much so. Uh, and Ensemble plays, plays a big part in that. She became a recurring character, along with this recurring um, theme or storyline that, you, 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 that TNG introduced, you know, with the McKee and the occupation and the forced relocation of um, settlers that they moved into Deep Space Nine. They moved away from it in later episodes in Deep Space Nine, obviously, in later seasons. Once they've done the episode Eddington, uh, I can't remember, it'll come back to me, um, but where Cisco finally captures Eddington and that sort of kills the McKee storyline in Deep Space Nine. But I think we're in season five, I think, at that point in, in uh, DS9. So, yeah. Ensign Rome, first time we get to meet a Bajoran and we get all that backstory about Bajor and Cardassia and Universe World. What, what did you think? Um, I, I like Ensign Rome. I like the um, bits where they're into introducing elements of the culture. I like the bit where um, Rome informs Picard that surnames and first names are the other way around if you're Bajoran. Um, I don't like, I can't remember who it is who tells her that she can't wear her earring because it's not um Riker. is it Riker? yeah um well he needs a slap for that because that's just massively insensitive and he needs a slap um but then again Riker needs a slap for many things um but generally I, I like the introduction of the race uh i'm glad that they didn't quite stick with the original makeup and they did do these slight alterations between Roe and um the bajorans when we later on see them in deep space nine there's some slight uh tweaks to just the the brow part isn't because she has I, some like yeah sticky bit yeah. on her brow um so I, i'm glad they made the makeup alterations but generally speaking i like it i'm a little bit confused on how she's managed to join starfleet when bejo is not part of the federation but i'm gonna just gloss over that and assume that's a bit of a retcon on ds9's part just to make it make sense but you don't need to be a federation you, you don't need to be a federation member to get into starfleet no, know, no, you I don't. I know Discovery because of Nog. I know Discovery don't know the difference between the Federation and Starfleet. But, uh, no, no, because um, Nog manages to join you, Starfleet you as a Ferengi because he has to get the signed letter of recommendation from a command level officer, doesn't he? Um, but yeah. it's just, and at that time, how she manages, yeah, it's just, I don't think it quite fits in with what is then in DS9, the timeline of Bejor with the occupation and all that, I don't think it quite gels right. But I see exactly what they've done. They've introduced a really interesting race in TNG and gone, well, we can play with this, we can make it better. A bit like they did with the Ferengi when they introduced the Ferengi horrifically in TNG and then when actually we can wreck on a lot of that and make it better and still carry on with that race. So I, I'm more than happy to forget uh to forgive and forget because contrary to the opinion of a lot of people who seem to call themselves avid star trek fans um canon isn't constant it changes depending on who's written the episode that week yeah um, i mean there, there, there is room for maneuver in canon i don't think it's something that you can stick to strip, um, yeah but you have to keep some things Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, you, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's a it's a good episode because it's quite political. And then she or Ensign Rowe, she Ensign Rowe, um, played brilliantly by Michelle Forbes, uh, takes the car down to the, the planet and 
is that shows the conditions that the refugees are living in, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just a really nice episode. It it does what an episode of Star Trek should do. It has a beginning, a middle end. It makes sense. It's got a bit of a moral message to it. It, it it's a good Star Trek episode. It's not one of them ones where you get to the end of it and you're like, what on earth was that? And it's not one of the ones where you get to the end and you're like, yeah, but now what? It has a start, a middle, and end, and a message, which is what good Star Trek tends to have. Um, and it's a good um, beginning to the relationship between Ensign Rowe and Picard. Yes. Which grows as more well, favorite guest appeared in Salton Show, of course, on the show, um, leading ultimately to, to his betrayal. Yes. And uh, the episode, when I come back to the preemptive strike, isn't it? I, I, I don't know. We've already had. The, yeah. the conversation about how terrible I am with episode names. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to just start making up episode names, actually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the good, the bad, and the Geordie. Uh, uh, yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to start making them up and then see if you start Googling them. Oh, oh I will. <laughs> I, I do sit here with Google open because I'm absolutely terrible at episode names. So you mention one, and then by the time you've had your little bit of a talk about it, I've got it. I've read the beginning <laughs> thing, and I've gone, ah, yes, that one. Because I tend to remember it in a... You see, Star Trek should have named the episodes in the same way Friends did, because Friends made sense with their episode titles. The one with whatever, because I can I can deal with that. Shall we just get to the bit we really want to talk about, which is Deep Space, Deep Space Nine. Nine. Oh, yeah. we, so. we can't talk about Bajorans without talking about Deep Space Nine. Right from that first episode. Yeah, right, okay. can, I, can I ask a question? Yes. Kira's here in the first couple of seasons. Okay. Until Voyager started. Yeah. And then they settled Kira had good haircuts after Voyager started. Yeah, that's that because they had to use all the crap haircuts for Janeway for the first few seasons of Voyager. Yeah, but was that because the hairdresser of Deep Space Nine got on Voyager? Probably, yeah, because my goodness, the first two or three seasons of Voyager with Janeway's hairdo of the week. Yeah, so maybe whoever the hairdresser was did go over to Voyager because, yeah, Kira's hair did get better. And Janeway's was awful. Yeah, but the first episode, you don't expect her hair to be great. They've just come out of an occupation. She's on a decrepit old space station, ragging round massive bits of metal. I don't expect her to have pristine hair at that point. Yeah, when we meet her, um, she's basically part of the Jordan military, being part of the resistance. How how official her military status was before the Cardassians decided to leave the Jordan, I think is open to a bit of well, she's working for the provisional government that she seems to think are far too provisional for her liking. So that kind so, of yeah, that, says it all about the permanence of her place, doesn't it? What a journey uh, her character oh. character arc was. An but, amazing you know, arc. With, I mean, the thing, with, the thing with character development, it's not enough to have plot developments happen to the character. The character has to change. Yes, the character has to develop with the plot. And, you know, we see her from being a um, racist, hateful, spiteful towards the Cardassians. And the Federation to begin with. uh, Yeah, uh, to helping them become freedom fighters themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, You know, and uh, explaining to to them what it takes. and that's you know, just just incredible. While while trying to reconcile what she calls her um, and the prophets. Yeah, um, it was done. Everyone really, in the Federation calls calls the one holy aliens. It, it was done really nicely as well. It didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel forced. Um, and it was done bit by bit. If you think about season one of DS9, she basically transitions from what the hell are the Federation doing here? We can do this on our own to being like bosom buddies with Cisco and each season she takes another step forward to becoming the Kira that by the end of season seven we know love and yeah she's just got such a great journey and I no I just love the character it's such a well-rounded character and it's a really nice thing to see back in the 90s when um, DS9 came out to have such a strong female character who wasn't kowtowing to a bloke all the time and wasn't just doing what a man told her to do all the time and had her own personality and things, which she just seemed at the time a lot more rounded than a lot of female characters as well. So to see such a strong character 
way back then was quite remarkable, really. I think um, I think it's in the documentary, um, What We Left Behind, where Nana visitors talking about reading mm. uh, the script for the first time, and she couldn't tell if Kira was a man or a woman mm. from reading the script. Which is great. That's how scripts should be written. We'll come back to Kira, but... I, I, I'm sure we will, repeatedly. Especially in season four outfit. Um, <laughs> so who are we going on to next? But there's two things. Uh, well, there's two, there's two things. Uh, JJ hasn't seen the whole of Deep Space Nine, so shall we try and get as many spoilers in as we can? Are we going to tell him about where she dies in the so last episode? Well, Do we need to we, tell him that Kira do. dies in the last episode of DS9, or should we save that? I, I think he should I think he should know that Kira dies in the last episode of, of Deep Space Nine. Okay. Um, yeah. Because that knife fight she has with Lita is amazing. The knife fight with Kira and Lita over the, the Davo table. Yeah, it's it's great. In, in the mud. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll try and get as many spoilers as we can. Um, but since we are talking about Bajorans, I'll, I'll talk about Bajorans other than Kira. Uh, a, a big episode in Deep Space Nine, as well as for the Bajorans, was the, the three-parter uh, at the beginning of season two, The Circle. Yes. Which was in Star Trek. You know, a first for Star Trek, a three-part story. Uh, it's fantastic. Amazing guest star in Frank uh, Langella mm. um, as well. And, you know, into the, the a really intriguing, you know, a real a, a real insight into, you know, the, the, this occupied territory, if you like, this um, being left high and dry by the Bajorans, and you've got the Federation stroke UN coming in. Uh, with the help of Starfleet to try and get it back on its feet. But then you've got all the infighting from all the political factions down there. That's you know what, what the circle is about. Um it's not you know it's not all um bake sales and living aid, you know, no. just because the Cabassians have left. Um you know it's it's really well done. And it's you know it, it harks back actually to the first episode the emissary um where Kai um Opaka is basically telling um, Cisco, "This is what's going to happen, and you, you're going to you're going to have to help me unite everyone." You know, um, but and, that, and then she goes to get trapped on that planet, and then we're, then we're screwed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we've got that woman with a um, Sydney Opera House in her head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I get in the bin? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I've got sick in my mouth again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I do love. Uh, Kai Wynn because I love hating Kai Wynn and that's the sign of well, good yeah, writing and good acting because I love hating her. Yeah, well you've got, you know, at this point you've got Ira leading the writers room you've got Ronald T. Moore, you've got Robert Hewitt Wolf, you've got, uh, who else was there at that time? It was Brannon there at that time as well I think he probably was um, and then you, you, you combine that with an Oscar winning actress um, yeah. you're going you're gonna to hate that character yeah. You know, um, just amazing. Absolutely. I, I love the fact that they did build that structure into the Bajoran culture. They built in the Vedics and the Kais and as well as the military side. And it just felt like a really well thought out, well-rounded culture. It felt real because it had so much detail. It wasn't yeah. page after page after page of random exposition that nobody needs, but it just felt so full that it was real. Okay, I'm, I'm going to wind back here to uh, our season one episode. And it's another one with Kira, where she's trying to get the farmer uh, off the... Yes, the I know the episode you mean. Uh, it's, it's probably got an, a title, but I know the one you progress. mean. That's progress. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Again... Another big star uh, guest star in that in the form of uh, Brian Keith. Yep. He was in many, many uh, films of the, the 50s, 60s and 70s. Um, you know, so, I mean, this is the kind of Star Trek in those days that could attract really big guest stars on a weekly basis. I know you didn't know who Gene Simmons was and you thought it was the Kiss singer thing, but I'm, I'm over that one now. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously. To be fair... I don't know. I don't really know who this guy is either, but I'm aware that he is. I'm aware that he's a name, but I don't really know who he is. I mean, it's a long time since, oh, a long time, so two or three years since I watched season one right through. I'm about six episodes into it with JJ. 
at the moment. And I, I think this episode is the first time where we see um, a slightly more pragmatic Kira with regards mm. to the Bajoran situation. Um, she's less defined and she's understanding that not just he needs, if the farmer needs to change, she needs to change. Yeah. Um, and that, that there's that realisation that what's going on before isn't going to get them um, to where they need to be. The, you know, the fighting spirit and the belligerence um, isn't going to get them there. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really powerful episode. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is It is really good. Um, I, I, I agree completely about the the whole point being the regime is different, so we need to be different. And I like that because that actually then carries on into further episodes and you can see that it actually it's having an impact, unlike a lot of earlier series of Star Trek or later, to be honest, because DS9 is the most non-episodic one of the lot, I would say, not including the new stuff, I mean, of the the older Trek. And just a little thing like that can then have influence 17 episodes down the line. Whereas, you know, Voyager, something really major can happen and then, then next week everyone's forgotten. Um, yeah. Whereas it doesn't have that, doesn't DS9. Every action seems to matter, especially with the Bajorans and especially with Kira and her journey. Yeah, that was a real missed opportunity in Voyager. Oh, very much so. Um, I mean, TNG flirted with it, mostly through Worf's storyline. It flirted with... Yeah, but TNG was of its time. So Mm. DS9, Babylon 5, whichever one you want to decide was the first sci-fi to actually make a long, decent series arc out of it. The the arguments are academic. I don't really care. Um, But so TNG, yes, it was episodic, but all television was episodic back then pretty much. Whereas once you've made this transition in DS9 and you've seen how phenomenally it can work, why the hell would you go back on it? You know, unless... No, I, uh, I, I don't know. Um, it doesn't... Uh, unless you're Brandon Braga and uh, Rick Berman. I was going to say, I wouldn't really blame, blame Braga. Uh, I like to blame Rick Berman for everything, so I'm going to blame Rick Berman. Well, I, think, I mean, I'm sorry, but I think part of the failure of Voyager not to be all it was does fall quite a lot at Brandon's feet as well. I mean, it's yeah, not, it I, like, fall... I like blaming Berman. Yeah, well, I mean, he still carries part of the blame as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not it's not one person alone. Um, no. Unfortunately, JJ's probably switched off now from editing because Voyager's his favourite. Well, he needs to get some standards and just raise them a little uh, bit exactly. and realise exactly. that the S9's better. Exactly. I keep telling him that. I keep telling him that. But he doesn't listen. Don't get me wrong, I love Voyager. It's just not DS9. Yeah. Voyager remains inconsistent. I think it has got certain episodes that are amongst the best Trek ever, but they invariably involve Seven and or the Doctor. All the best Voyager stories revolve around those two. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, Although I do quite like the um, Torres and Paris relationship towards the end. I quite like that element. And when Belana's given an episode, she's very, very good. She just w- wasn't given enough to do, I don't think, in that series. She could have been such a more pivotal character in that series. Again, though, this is another failure of the programme, was to not do the conflict between the Maquis crew and the Starfleet crew, of yeah. which Chakotay and um, Belana could have been that middle ground. But instead, they all made friends by the end of episode one. And I think we had two blips throughout seven years. Yeah. I mean, there was the odd odd McKee that went on a killing spree. You do, you know. Um, There was the odd McKee that betrayed them to the the case on, as as you do, you know. Um, It wasn't a common theme, was it? No, it wasn't, you know. Uh, and that, that, that it was, was uh, this week, Alien of the Week is going to be the McKee. We're already on our ship. Well, when you think about how great an episode Equinox was, okay? Remind me which one it is. That's the one where... You say the... Equinox, all I'm thinking of is Daniel Radcliffe and a horse. Oh, and that's Equus, so, you know, I'm, I'm oh, nowhere near the right place. Yeah, I, I, you, you do know that wasn't the first Equus as well. There was one in the 70s. Yeah, but that didn't have Daniel Radcliffe naked in a horse. I had uh, Richard Branson. I can't remember who the young guy that rode the horse was. 
Yeah, no, no I, I know it wasn't the, the first performance of it. Yeah, um, I've forgotten completely. All this talk about naked horse riding has completely flown. What were we talking about? Um, I know we're Equinox. Equinox, that's it. Which has nothing at all to do with Bajorans, but... Um, <laughs> no, but it's an example of non-character development in Star Trek. Well, but Equinox was the episode which... What they did in Equinox is what should we do with the Marquis crew? You know, because the, the, the entire crew, the, the Equinox ship, they, they had these aliens trapped that could get them back to the Delta Quadrant, but it was good, it was harming the aliens, okay? Yeah. Um, they could have had that in the first couple of seasons with um, with Chakotay and Jamie at yeah. heads about what it's going to take to get home. Yeah, there was no conflict between Chakotay and Janeway. Mm. She, he, he just did as he was told. Yeah which doesn't work. That's not how that should have been. We've seen in DS9, conflict works. That initial relationship between Kira and Cisco was phenomenal. Had DS9 started with Kira just being, yes, sir, no, sir, to Cisco, DS9 would nowhere near have been... Oh, excuse me, sorry, that beer. Um, would nowhere near have been as an exciting a series because it needed that conflict. It needed that internal drama. And you had Federation and non-Federation they're ready for that conflict. Voyager had Federation and non-Federation, they're ready for that conflict. And they just pussied out on it and didn't do it. Because Rick Berman, Berman. I, I, I will never get over my angst about Rick Berman. I'm sorry, it's a, a, a permanent feature of my psyche. Um, do you want to talk about Vedic Burial? I, I, I do like Vedic Burial. Um, Vedic Burial, um, who looks really, really good without his shirt on. Um, well, he does. I'm sorry, but in fact, no, I'm not sorry. He just does. <laughs> so Vedics are cool in themselves. Um, they've got this awesome kind of spiritual yet governmental role that I can't quite figure out because they haven't managed to sort out separation of church and state. They they have a par. They do have a par, and they like grabbing people by the ears because they're yeah. weird. Um, so yeah, the. It feels like, let's use Catholicism as an analogy, it feels like the Vedics are the cardinals and one of them's going to be Pope or one of them's going to be the Kai, is the way I interpret the Vedics anyway. I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not particularly expert on the Bajoran faith, um, but they all seem to put a lot of... Is that because it's not real? Probably. Uh, <laughs> but they all, they all seem to put a lot of... Uh, credence in that um, if the, the, the prophets, i.e. Yeah. the wormhole aliens, can talk to anyone at any time. And of course, this is a, a great source of angst in later episodes because they've never spoken to um, Kai Wen. Yeah. And then when they do turn up, it turns out it's the party of the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. enemies. Um, but they, they put a lot of faith in that. And we do see that, but the, the thing with uh, Vedic Burial, if we can just move on from the topless Vedic. Oh, do we have to? Well, you, 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 I mean, carry on talking about topless Vedic Because Vedic, Vedic Burial, when you know, you, you know, when you're watching something and you're like, I'd love to swap places with that person. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, his relationship with Kira is. Did you want to swap places with Kira? Yes. And I want to swap places with Vedic Burial. Yes, let's not both swap places at the same time, because that's going to be awkward for me and you, Gregor. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll make a great podcast episode, though. Um, in the extras. We'll put it in the extras. Yeah, no, only one of us is allowed our dream to come to, otherwise that just gets... We Although, to be honest, that means we're both living on DS9, which is cool. Um, but anyway... What, what if it's a transporter accident and we end up as Jigor or... Um, no, because um, Janeway will just murder us. <laughs> I was going to actually say something serious then about their relationship, and I haven't got a bloody clue. Oh, yeah, I really liked the fact that they were willing to write a relationship that felt real and had a sad end that meant something, that carried on, that the character didn't just die and was never mentioned again. And Vedic who? We've never heard of the guy. Um, it, I, I really like the fact that they they get together and they have this really intense relationship, and then afterwards, she's actually sad, which television seems to quite often forget that you know your 
lover has died, and you're going to be sad for a while. And it has an effect on you in the future, which, again, I think is another element of Kira, which is even carried forward to her relationship with Odo later on. You still get those elements. Well, Odo, um, because that's coming to my head, I've I've got to come on to my main point just now, but Odo's actually, when he's ill, is quite sensitive to the way she lost Eric Mariah. Um, So, you know, again, great writing. But the... The episode in where we lose um, Prime Universe, Frederick Barrio. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the build-up to that, and the episodes to the build-up of that, it's not just a case of two-dimensional writing where it's um, Kira and Barrio are a, a couple. Um, there's complexities to the relationship in terms of what her role is, mm. um, what his role is to the majority of people. The war the metaphorical war that he's having with um, Kai Wynn, uh, he, 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 he's a religious figure, uh, Kira's a military figure, and there's this power struggle between Kai Wynn and himself yeah. um, to represent the people. And that all comes into play, um, that depth storytelling comes into play in the episode where we lose him. Yes. Where he's, where he's refusing the, the medical treatment in order to stay conscious for as long as possible. Um, and that, again, I mean, I feel, I feel like we talk about great story writing in Deep Space Nine every week, but do you know how that is? Because Deep Space Nine had great story writing every week. Exactly. Especially in Move Along Home. But anyway, let's carry on. <laughs> hey, you like space lizards. I like little kids making you do hopscotch. Come to me, Alamarine. One, two, three. <laughs> I just love it. I, I like a random, stupid episode of Star Trek now and again. Yeah, JJ's not got to that one yet, but he's getting there soon. Oh, so. I kind of want to watch JJ watch that episode, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I know for a fact you haven't watched Spock's Brain because the first three words you said to me earlier today were not, what the fuck? That's true. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't. I've not had time. I've been busy with work, but I will try. If you watch had watched Spock's it, your, fir- your, first four, your first four words would have been, Gregor, what the fuck was that? <laughs> watch it tomorrow night. Get a bottle of wine. Or, or a few tins of beer, watch tomorrow night, and every time someone says, Spark's brain, take a drink, and you'll be hammered by the end of the episode. Yeah, but I've, I've, I can't be too hammered tomorrow, because it's Eurovision on Saturday, so I'm going to have to get drunk on Saturday night, because I've, oh. I've got to pick a country and have a drink every time they get points. Oh, well, that's one way to do that. Or you, you could um, have a drink every time you see one of my tweets. And you'll be able to see from my tweets, you will tell how much alcohol I've had. And bear in mind, I'll be drinking at football in the afternoon. Oh, dear. I'll tell you what, I don't relish whoever's got to put you to bed on Saturday if night. I, if I'm not banned from Twitter on Saturday night, I am going to be bitterly disappointed <laughs> with my performance. <laughs> You can't get banned on Twitter. That means that it's going to spoil you being able to say all the wonderful things about Spock the Week that you put out there. You know, like randomly sending me dodgy memes that everyone can see that you're sending me. Which one was that? Oh, I can't remember. Let me. Was that the. Uh, you did send me one, but. Uh, was that the. Uh, um, O'Brien staring at um, Bashir's crotch? I don't know if you sent me that one. I think I did. Oh, you probably did, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's Bashir's on his uh, handball outfit. Yeah, but who wouldn't stare at that? Uh, I don't think I've I don't think I've seen anything dodgier than that. Uh, yeah, you sent me the um, gotta love a bit of Trek porn, two changelings, one bucket. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, that's 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 funny. Oh no, I'm not denying it's not funny, um, but you can't get banned from Twitter because where do I get comedy gold like that from if you're banned from Twitter? Yeah, I did like that one. Um, so I'll, I'll try and find some more for you before I get banned. Yeah, yeah. And it, to be fair, that you can always Facebook me them and then I can put them on Twitter if you get banned. So don't okay. worry, listeners. Okay. If you do like Gregor's horrific 
sexual Star Trek memes, then there is a way that we can get them to you on Twitter. I can always tag Spock the Week and I can post them to Gregor's ban for, I don't know, having a go at Finland or whatever it is going to be the reason he gets banned for on Saturday night. Well, I don't I, even I know don't if know. Finland have reached the final season. A, well, this is, this is the exciting thing. I don't know who I'm going to be um, basically ridiculing because you never know if you're a vision. Some, one year, I could just say, for example, it's Holland. One year, Holland can take it seriously and put forward a relatively normal song. Yep. The next year, they've just got this crazy stuff going, and you're like, what? Yep. You, you know, you just... And then know. I get completely distracted by a sexy Norwegian with a violin, so, you know. Uh, wait, was that, was that last year? No, no, no it was a few year years ago. Yeah. A few years uh, ago, it was the I sexy think, Norwegian with the violin, but it's 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 ingrained in my brain. I think that sexy Norwegian with the violin is in uh, Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga, when they do the mashup song. I've not actually seen the film... If you know, about. no, it's from, it was filmed here, and it, what, I say, in your house, and I was going to say here, uh, almost uh, very close uh, to the house, um, but yeah, no, it was filmed in Edinburgh. That's unusual. They normally filmed it in film things in Ireland for tax reasons. Uh, I, I mean, because like... um, of the beautiful landscape that you can't get anywhere else in the world. Yeah, that mm. that that bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Okay, where were we? Um, um, we just talked about Vedic Baral dying. I, do you know what I can hear in my head? I can hear JJ's head thumping off his desk right now. Is that because uh, he's screaming, get back on topic? I think it is. Um, yeah, I think it probably is. Well, uh, you know, if he wants us to be on topic, he could join us. Exactly, but he's not. He's not here. Um, and that's his fault entirely. Yep. Um, well, you say entirely. I think it's 50% his fault. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, definitely. Either way, not our fault. That's the important bit. Would you like me to send you another um, Star Trek picture on Twitter? Yes, and if you do, people can definitely time when we recorded the episode. Okay, so that's well. always always good for a giggle. And while you're doing that, I'm going to have a think about some other prominent Bajorans that we've had in Star Trek. And I'm going to have to talk about Lita. Um, oh, yes, please. <laughs> because the relationship between Lita and Rom is hilarious, beautiful, and just oh it's 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 sublime i absolutely love it um she starts off as just a dabo girl which i hate the concept of dabo girls i know why they're there they're there so that i can hate the concept of dabo girls and i get that but it still doesn't stop me hating it mm. um oh yeah again you, at least you're meant to hate it yes yes very much so um, but she starts off as this nothing character who's just basically a prop and slowly she develops and she falls in love with Rom and then they get, then they fall out, then they get back together, then Rom just acts more like Rom uh, and it's just beautiful to watch the change that she has on Rom mm. who comes from that Ferengi culture and to see how she changes him, and beautifully played by Chase Masterton, absolutely sublime, love the performance. It's just great. It, it's a yet another example of real character development. Um, her culture doesn't come into Leela, uh, Lita's character. Leela, no, that's the one-eyed alien from Futurama. Lita, uh, I don't think her cultural side comes into it, anywhere near as much as a lot of the other Bajorans but still it's a good example of a Bajoran who has a great arc. Okay, well I'm going to wing it here on the cultural side of it um, in terms of uh, being a dabble girl was that what because I think all the, all the dabble girls are Bajoran aren't they? I believe so yeah. Yeah so is that something that they and it's, let's, it's, let's be honest a, a dabble girl so you from for a geisha girl or you know, courtesan. That that is what it is. Um, is this um, what they had to do to survive under Cardassian occupation? Um, 
know, yeah, and, and like, I, I get the feeling that it is a carryover from the Cardassian times. Very the... similar. I don't know if you've seen Miss Saigon, for example, but very similar to the opening of Miss Saigon, sure. where you've got the American soldiers and you've got the American soldiers being all soldiery, mm. and they are using Vietnamese women for very similar ways to how um, the Cardassians use the Bajoran women in quarks before the federation come in i just see that there's a bit of a yeah, parallel I, there and it doesn't have to be vietnam it can be any well i've, I've never seen miss saigon but i have seen madame butterfly twice but of which miss saigon yeah, was yeah. A, a reinterpretation yeah. of um so yeah i know i know exactly what you're you're talking about um i'm just waiting to see your, your reaction when you check your phone i'm going to know when you check your phone by the way oh dear oh dear i really am going to know when you check your phone um check his phone folks i am i'm looking now <laughs> oh can i get that as a print that's hilarious <laughs> oh poor o'brien's gonna have to clean up the mess um i've got it i'm yeah. gonna i've got it there's a follow-up to that one actually. so for those of you who don't if you want to time this um this is the tweet that greg has just sent me um with uh I'd be very surprised if this isn't um, the artist formerly known as Jim O'Paint it. Um, looks it like be, his could work. Be, could well be. Um... Yeah, it looks like his work. Now known as Jim. Um, can't possibly think why he dropped the Jim O'Paint it reference. Anyway, um, and it's basically, it's a gangbang on the holodeck and O'Brien's found them all at it. It's the TNG cast having a gangbang on the holodeck. There's no polite way of phrasing that, so I'm just going to say it like it is. Well, I've just I've just said another one. Um, oh it's a tweet. It's the same picture, but in tweets, and it's it's been sent by everyone except Patrick Stewart. Oh no! <laughs> that's that's um okay. And Colin Meany's not signed it either. Yeah. But... Does he ever do conventions? Uh, Rarely, he, he, he sort does, of spends... Does he his... like people? He does. No, he does. He loves the conventions. He does oh, love okay. them. But um, he spends a lot of time with his daughter who lives in Spain. Mm. He still works, obviously. He's still, he's still active. And he's been he's been in a few big films, big-ish films. Yeah. Because he was in the Alan Partridge one lately, a few years ago, and he was in the Dan United. Uh, that's a football film, by the way. Um, oh, no. It was in the Dams United when he played. He did an absolutely excellent job of playing the former Leeds manager Don Weavey. Um, absolutely excellent job. Um, I don't know. The first film that comes to mind when you mention Colmini is the Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain. What about the what about the uh, commitments? Yeah, it's a film. It's what not about, my sort. What about the greatest film ever made in the history of film? What Greece too? Con Air. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. I don't class Grease 2 as the best film ever made. <laughs> I'm not joking. Conair's the best. No, he is <laughs> very, very good in that. Yes, you're right. Um, but yeah, but, I mean, he's still, I don't think he's as busy as he was, but mm. um, but he does like to spend a lot of his time with his daughter in Spain, um, I believe, as his is right, and he can afford it, so why shouldn't he? So, yeah, why the hell not? Yeah. What would I rather do, sit in rainy Ireland or sunny Spain? So yeah, so but he does do wrong, but he, he does prioritise his family mm. first. So um, that's totally understandable. Quite rightly. But, so, but it's yeah. not as easy. I mean, you know, being in Spain, it's not as easy for him to go to Vegas or Chicago as, as next year for the official um, convention. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they might get to DST. I was going to say, could have dragged himself to Birmingham. There's direct flights mm. from Birmingham to most Spanish airports. It's not, mm. not an excuse. Yeah. Um, Although so, we've got to go to London next time. I don't know if I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go, but that's mainly because they still owe me a ticket. Um, <laughs> but I'm just gutted it's in London because it's a right faff to get to and it's really bloody expensive. Um, Whereas Birmingham oh, is really quite nice and central for most people in the UK and it's not as expensive as London. Well, I, I guess it depends where you stay, because London, for me, is a doddle. 
Um, and I'll, 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 I'll take slight issue with what you say in terms of um, prices in London. I don't find London that expensive. But then again... Obviously, I got a better paid job than most folk, then. Well, I think it's also maybe something to do with living and working in the centre of Edinburgh. What I think is expensive... Yeah, maybe, maybe is, so. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's comparatively a similar price. Yeah. Um, obviously, but, London's cheaper than Edinburgh. For someone from the back of beyond in Lancashire, London's bloody expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine what if you do you came mean from... it's more than £3 a pint? Just imagine if you came from Yorkshire. Like JJ. I'd really rather not imagine that I came from you know, Yorkshire. I mean, that's that's a terrible thing to have to think about. What's what what what's how much is that? Am I getting a happy ending with that pint, love? <laughs> but no, for for the majority of people in the UK, I just find that it shouldn't be at an end of the UK. It should be more or less in the middle. I think the problem is there's not that many venues that are actually conducive to having conventions of that size with accommodation. I think you've got like so the MEN Arena in Manchester, you've got the Birmingham Arena. Yep. Um, and maybe the... Um, well, it's exhibition it, centres you want really, isn't it? Or, or, than... or, the, or the SECC in Glasgow. Yeah. So you've um, got um, the Event City in Trafford in Manchester, that could do it. Uh, the NEC, like you say, in Birmingham. Um both of which are huge conference venues. Uh, there's one in Cardiff. I can't remember what the one in Cardiff is, but I'm really glad it's not in Cardiff because that's a right pain to get to from the north because um, you've got to go all the way down and then all the way west, which is a right pain. Uh, but no, I just... Doesn't London get enough? <laughs> You're asking the wrong man there. Everything, <laughs> everything is so London-centric. Can we not have things in other places? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and it was great when it was in Birmingham because it wasn't too far for anybody. Mm. I can't imagine travelling from Inverness to London, for example. That would be a nightmare. Um, okay, I mean, I suppose the easiest way is the, the super train from Inverness. Yeah. I mean, I've, you I've have got, to. I've got to be honest and say London is so easy from Edinburgh. Oh, yeah, uh, you've got a direct train. Yeah, so easy from Edinburgh, yeah. uh, London. Um, I mean, at my office, I'll, I see the London trains go every half hour from Edinburgh away from Yeah. And my office window looks on out onto the line. Yeah. Uh, and I can tell you, they're a lot busier this week than they were two weeks ago. Oh, I bet they are. The London trains. Yeah. Uh, it seems ridiculous. You're in uh, a different country. It's easier for you to get to London than it is for me. I would have to drive 15 miles to the train station, park at the train station, get a train to Preston, then change at Preston and then get a train all the way down to London from Preston, which would be the Edinburgh train, to be fair. Um, so if you do decide to go, we'll time it right and I'll try and get on the same train. Yeah, um, I mean, well, I, mean, I think it's always been easy for Edinburgh to London because of the banking and legal um, firms. That I'm still allowed to say it's not fair. Yeah, because I've totally, decided. <laughs> totally agree with you. It's not fair. Totally agree with you. Uh, um, Damn you, Doctor Beeching. Anyway. Yeah. So we, I'm sure we were supposed to be talking about Bajorans. I don't know what we've talked about and what we haven't. Well, we've sorted out. Um, we've sorted out the next Star Trek convention. Yeah. Uh, we. What else have we sorted? Out? Well, we haven't sorted it out because you haven't booked your ticket yet. But you know. Yeah. No. Okay. I mean, I'm not getting a holiday this year, so there's a good chance I could end up at the DST, so we'll see. It's worth it just to see everybody that you haven't seen for so bloody long, to be honest. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm sort of... Today I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll maybe just do it. I'll maybe just do it. Because I'd like to go to Vegas next year, but I just... I'm still reticent to make that level of planning for that kind of trip, even 12 yeah. and a bit months out. That's a lot of money to possibly just throw away well this is the thing because it's not a package holiday mm. so you, the chances of getting all your money back if it all goes tits up again are slim you'll get your flight Yeah. that's it so it's not a package holiday yeah. so it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit, bit more risky yeah. I mean I was planning on an India trip earlier <laughs> look how that's worked out 
Yeah, you, you know. might want to wait a bit for that. Yeah, that was on my list. That's on my to-do yeah. list. Because we don't know how long these red and amber zone things are going to cut. Do they apply in Scotland or is that just an England thing? Well, I don't know if you, you probably didn't get um, coverage of it in England. Um, but the Rangers supporters um, in Glasgow on Saturday were absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. Thousands of them on the street marching, celebrating. Um, so Glasgow is the worst area in Scotland at the moment and it's going to be even worse after that. Yeah, one of the worst areas in England is incredibly close to where I live. I can be there in about 15 minutes. Well, don't. Don't do it. Uh, well, I won't. Luckily, um, the way Lancashire's structured is it's random towns in the middle of random countryside, and I'm in the random countryside bit. Uh, but, yeah, it's very quick for me to get to Bolton and very quick for me to get to Blackburn from here, both of which are massive hotspots at the moment in England. No, that's for sure. I went to uni at Bolton. Oh, yeah, I forgot they changed their poly into a uni, didn't they? Yeah. I'm not dissing of education. I also went a, to it. I also 19... went... No, I also that... went to a university that used to be a poly, but I just... That was forget... in the 1990s they did that. Was it? Was yes. it that long ago that was the 1990s. University of Bolton... It was the 1992 when they passed the law and all polytechnics became universities. No, but Bolton took a step round, didn't it? Because it went from Polytechnic to being something else before it became the University of Bolton, I think. I'm sure that's a more recent thing. I, I don't know, because I went to Napier University here in Edinburgh, named after the man who invented logarithms. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was named after uh, Swedes. No, no. Well, oh. No, it was named after the man who invented logarithms. But the campus where I was was actually built around his house from the 1600s and you actually could walk through this house that was 400 years old that's, that's nothing to, nothing to do with pejorans no 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 but you have just reminded me of the time that i went to warwick castle with some american friends and we were stood in the middle of warwick castle drinking beer and he turned around and went wow this place is older than my country and then just downed his beer <laughs> Yeah. Just made me giggle. Yeah, Sarah, I don't know if you're familiar with Edinburgh Castle. Um, but it's I've been. Built, it's, yeah. Sarah, it's, it's, some American tourists turned into Sarah one time says, why did they build it on a volcano? And she said, for the central heating. <laughs> okay, I'm not convinced that's why, but okay. No, well, it's totally nothing why. Um, I, sorry, I know none of our American listeners are like that. They're much more um, discerning American listeners. If you're in Texas, especially if you're in Texas where you're allowed to buy guns on a whim, um, you're much more discerning. Do you think JJ's right. going to keep that in? Probably not, no. No. Yeah, probably. I think he'll be too lazy yeah. to delete it. So I think yeah, he's yeah, probably, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he'll have such an off by now because we'll probably yeah. talk about Jordan's for about 20 minutes. I, I think he listens to the first bit until he can find some sort of snappy quote that we make for him to make a title. Yeah. Uh, then he makes his pretty picture with the spelling mistake. Um, and then, after, because uh, did you notice the spelling mistake on yeah, the last I, picture? I did, yes. All oh, right, it's, it's not just me then. Uh, so, yeah. This is where the point the point where Gregor and I both have to say we have no responsibility for that image and JJ's spelling is his own problem. Um but yeah. No, I think he listens to the beginning and the end and then just sticks the fancy bits on and doesn't really listen. So realistically we could actually talk about anything in the middle of it, which is what we do anyway. I was gonna say that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so do, shall, we, shall we bring the Bajoran part of it officially to a close? Um, Are we I going get, to invite the Par Wraiths and have a battle? Well, we could talk about um, what you leave behind um, and the Par Wraiths and stuff like that. But I, I, I think the perfect way, we mentioned it earlier, is the, the closure of Kiva's storyline. Yeah. Um, because you know you've got this journey that Kira, Kira's journey, 
Kira's journey mirrors the journey of Bejo itself. Yes, very much. And so. that scene where at the end where she's now commander of the station. A, you know, the, the one host still there. Um, and looking forward from where Bejo is and, and, and the role Bejo's played in the Dominion War and not joining the Federation and then Kira going from Federation or Pajoran liaison to the Federation yeah. to, to command of a, a really strategic um, space station and a former Cardassian space station at that. Um, I think it's quite, quite the journey to her as from from terrorist stroke freedom fighter to um, civic leader and, yeah. and pragmaticist. I, I, I think that it just, that end scene with her and Jake looking out the window towards the wormhole, I think it's just brilliant. Don't no, you like, make me cry again because I always cry at that scene. <sighs> I sing the Deep Space Nine theme tune with the trumpet bit as it hands away from the window, is that going to get you going? Don't, just don't. I try not to think too much about the end of that episode because, oh, no, no, I can't deal with this. No. What about Vic Fontaine saying, uh, singing that song when they do a little montage? Is that... You see, I'm thinking about it and it, it, it's getting it there, but then I keep thinking about you singing it instead. Uh, and no, it's not, not doing it for me. It's not getting it. It's not doing it. All right, no. Okay. That's disappointing. And I'm, I'm, I've never heard you sing. I just imagine that you're not as good as Vic Fontaine, which I don't think is an insult to most people. If you ask the entire planet, I'm sure you'd find at least one person that says I'm better. Yeah. Is it? No. So, so strictly speaking, it would not be a unanimous decision. No, no, no. So, well, I, I'm going to go with the majority consensus on it, I think. Well, that hurts. That does hurt. I'm gutted. <laughs> it's hardly an insult. Oh, dear. So do you think we talked about the Bajorans enough tonight? I think we talked about them a fair bit. We talked about some other stuff, but this is us and that's what we do. <laughs> do you think we'll get a written warning from JJ? I don't know. I'll just put it in the same filing cabinet. I'll put all his other notices in. Are you still paying attention to the memes, the memos, memos from JJ? Well, I've got to have something because it's going to be getting cold up here in the north of England soon. So I'm going to need something uh -huh. to start the fire with. So. Do you think we should do a slash, slash art? Sorry, I wondered where you were going with should we do a should we do a Star like, Trek really? should we do you a Star do Trek slash fiction oh dear should we do a Star Trek slash art <laughs> bonus episode let us know in the comments if you're listening and you would like to you would like that let us know in the comments below are we doing when you say slash art are we including fan fiction and all sorts of stuff in this well just you know stuff like yeah why not I mean there's a lot of really good funny stuff in there. I mean, yeah. some, some of it's quite serious. There is this woman who has the Brent Spiner obsession. And yeah. Constantly draws the Tasha Yar Brent. I mean, they're artistically, they're really good. There um, is also the um, the um, porn parody that exists of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. um, probably not on a website I don't think you've ever been on, Gregor. I can send you a link if you really want, but I don't think it's up your street. Um, uh, and I, I'm, I'm happy to have a look and... Well, it's um, at men.com, which is probably a bit of a hint. Well, again, I'm happy to critique it. I don't, I, have, a, I don't have an issue critiquing it. <laughs> it, it, um, it. It may give me some good material. It, it, it may. Uh, I think it's about $35 a month for you to watch it, but yeah. <laughs> I don't have any material that much, but... Um, <laughs> Obviously, I can't comment on whether it's any good or not because I've obviously not watched it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, Where's obviously. my beer? Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. There, there is quite a few par porn parodies out there, uh, including uh, your porn far. My porn far one. 
I'll have to, I'm going to have to, now that I know you're enjoying them so much, I'm going to have to go on the hunt for some more. Oh, I, I do enjoy them a lot. I have sent you one or two, I think. But, yeah. um, most of the ones that I get are a little bit too um, blue, even for Twitter, to be honest. Oh, you can DM them. DM them. <laughs> I will remember to do that. I'll just send it you on Facebook. It'd be fine. Yeah, it's Facebook. If it's, it's not on picture. If it's just like art, it's like Facebook doesn't pick it up as much. No, no, that's true. I've heard that Facebook doesn't pick it up as much. It's yeah, it's fine. You just send it a link to Imgur instead and it's fine. Yeah, all right, cool. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, and I'll let you know if it's a visceral experience or not. <laughs> right, I think we're at the point where we need to wrap up. I think, we're, I think we are, yeah. yeah we're, is... we're scraping the bottom of this barrel now. That's an unfortunate metaphor. Um... <laughs> it's like I used it on purpose. <laughs> anyway, why don't you demand... Why don't you remind the listeners where they can find your dodgy Twitter feed? I will. If you want to find my dodgy Twitter feed, I am Thamilaton on Twitter. What about yourself, Gregor? I, I'm dodgy. Um, I'm uh, at the Crabbit Ginger <laughs> on uh, Twitter. And uh, you've been listening to Spot the Week. And, and we're uh, very sorry you have. Uh, um, we apologise. <laughs> um, but we'll be, back. we'll be back with more of this nonsense next week. Yay! <laughs> Okay, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to Sparkler Week. Tune in next week for more Sparkler Week action and never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on the catcher that you are listening to us on. If you want to follow us on Twitter, then you can find us at Sparkler Week. Drop us a message, tell us how we're doing, or make a suggestion. We're welcome to all input from all our fans. So don't hesitate to get in touch and follow us on Twitter and on our Facebook page as well. Why not join us in 10 Forward if you like what we do and want to say thank you? The link for our Buy Me A Coffee page is in the show notes. So please check that out and uh, hopefully we'll see you there. If not, we will see you next week. Live long and prosper. It's up to you. As long as you come back next week and listen to us once again, we'll be happy to have you back. Live long and prosper.